0: Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. You know, identity, we're talking about identity and and a lot of what we just saw is about the definition of who Brandon is, who we are as a church, but Jesus talked about our definition over and over and over. In fact, this book isn't just about rules and regulations. It's about our definition. And the the reason that definition is so important is out of your definition comes your decisions. And who you allow to define you then constrains or releases your decisions. The reason you didn't go after that job. The reason you didn't start the business. The reason you didn't go after that school. The reason you did do this. The reason you did something else is because of how you let someone else define you. And the issue for most of us is we'll let other people define us rather than the Word of God define us. And when the Word of God defines us, it takes off the lid. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Help me out. Yeah, sure. What was that you said years ago? It doesn't work, but the, if, the more you talk to me, the shorter I go. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brandon's kind of learned that. Oh, it's encouragement. Fantastic. And so, identity, identity in Christ is what John was talking about in chapter 1, and in fact, the entire book of John, turn to chapter 1 if you've got your phone with you, or like paper thing, and we're going to talk about something here in a minute, but I want to go there in just a second. And, and John, uh, what's fascinating about the gospel of John, you know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there's these four guys that actually hung out with Jesus, okay? And they wrote what's called the Synoptic Gospels. And the reason it's called Synoptic is because they're, they're kind of synonymous. They kind of go parallel. You can actually buy Bibles that have parallel of those Gospels. And it kind of goes, okay, here's where they overlap and here's where they don't. And it's fascinating the different stories that are in each one and some of them that aren't. Now Matthew, Mark, and Luke come from really different backgrounds, and they talk about what Jesus did and what He said. But the fascinating thing about John is He talks about who Jesus is, His identity. In fact, He starts it right off the front in chapter one. If you can kind of scroll down, uh, chapter you don't know, have. I'm not talking about you, Scott. Uh, chapter 1, is It starts off with he's the Word. He comes as the Word. He comes as the light. And the light brings light into the darkness. He always, wherever Jesus goes, he changes the atmosphere. And the change is always positive. How many of us know people that change the atmosphere when they walk in a room? But it's not always positive. Can I get an Amen. It's like, oh man. It's like, oh, you know how like, everybody's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that guy walks in and he goes, Ugh. all right. Anybody know that person? Okay. All right. Don't point to them. Don't point to them. So, uh, but the fact is, that's what Jesus does. And so, in the Gospel of John, and in what we're walking through in this part of our life after Christmas, is that the coming of the Son of God was to change the atmosphere so that we would have freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom Freedom is so powerful and attractive that people give their lives and have for 300 years to establish a nation that was based on freedom. Freedom. Freedom to become what God designed you to be and for me to be gracious enough to give you that freedom. We are a nation built on laws, but the law is based on grace. Every law that's not based on grace, when you push away Christ, you then have law without grace. Law without grace demands justice. Justice. We cry justice. And unrequited justice, or justice that is not completed, tends to become rage and vengeance. Hence Facebook posts. I'm serious, right? Some anonymous guy controls somebody who's got 285 followers and it gets on CNN or Fox and goes ballistic. Hello, somebody. And everybody gets all upset about it. And the fact is, is that, is that justice, God, God talks about justice over and over. Jesus talked about justice, but it always came from a source of love. And grace. In other words, when you become a follower of Christ, it says uh, it says in First John one nine. It says that when you become a follower of Christ, confess your sins. He is faithful and what? Come on, somebody. Just so faithfulness, which is the DNA of his character, and just, which comes from justice, which is the work of his hand. So you have his heart and his hand wow. completed. Yeah. Says you're free. Bam! New creation, according to Paul in the book of Corinthians. The old past has is, is fallen away and everything's become new because it's based on grace. So grace, listen, listen. grace is not just like, oh, okay, we're all free, you do what you want. That's the end of the book of Judges. At the end of the book of Judges, it says there was no king, so people did what they thought was right. And what happens then is called anarchy. Come on, somebody, right? The reason they put lines on the road out here that a few people in Fort Worth don't pay attention to, but the reason they put the lines on the road is not to constrain us, but to keep us all in a place where we have grace towards each other. You know, like when you're supposed to merge. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, me. Okay, no, no, you. No, me. That's Texas. So the fact is, is that what John's talking about is identity from grace that produces what you were put on the earth to become. Purpose, identity, and look at this, community. That's what this is. It's community. Before God was anything else, he was God in community, the three in one. And that community loves Community, and we grow in community. Amen, Paul, It's good stuff. Thank you very much. John chapter 1, John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 43. All right, now, screen stuff, here we go, we're in it. And, uh, oh, this is fantastic. My iPad's on, like, uh, Pacific time. This is awesome. All right, so... (laughs) we got plenty of time. I thought I was, like, rushing. I don't have to. Got, like, a couple hours. John chapter 1. You're like, what does that mean? Okay. John chapter 1, verse 43. You Everybody got that? You got that? This is the reading from, of the lectionary of this season that we're in right now. It's the third Sunday of the Advent. And uh, I, this is a fantastic. There's a, of the what? Epiphany. That's what I said. And let me just finish, let me finish the whole uh, birthday side because the video threw me off. It was fantastic. And by the way, those are, if you didn't know some of those people, they were some of the leading young and, uh, and Phil, and older uh, pastors in America. And then there was uh, uh, Marlies and and, uh, Pierre, pastor of one of the biggest churches in the East Coast. Sam Pickens up in Toronto. Sean in Colorado Springs. And your pastor is loved by a lot of leaders, and they respect him, and they listen to his sermons. Come on, somebody. What a concept, right? And we are blessed at C3 Fort Worth uh, with one of the uh, premier communicators of the gospel of Jesus Christ in North America. Now, this is true. And so to that end, I believe we as a church, part of what we do is we tell people about this, which is where John 143 is. Tell somebody. Tell somebody, tune in, you know, listen to the podcast, uh, dial into this stuff. Because, you know, Brandon, uh, I sit, and we're not here all the time because I travel a lot with our ministry, but uh, I sit there sometimes and I'm just so frustrated. It's like Brandon. This is so good. I wish I'd have thought of that, right? It's like, dang it. But it's okay because then the next week when I preach it, people go, "Hey, Paul, you're a genius." I go, "I don't know. The Lord just <laughs> opened it up to me. Sing about it. I don't know. I just I don't know where charism came from. I just thought of it. I was sleeping and this charism thing came up." And uh, so I, uh, one of the things we're going to do at the end of this service also is have an opportunity to uh, receive our tithes and offerings, but we're also in the little thing when you go online or here when you leave, there'll be a box at the back you can give. Uh, we're also going to receive an offering for Pastor Brandon to bless him on the trip because we figured we gave, you know, the board gave him the trip, now we need to like help him get some food on the trip, Okay. And uh, so we have the opportunity to do that. I always believe a healthy pastor makes a healthy church, Amen. John chapter 1, uh, verse 43, and I will hasten. It's King James' word. nobody knows what it means, which is good. David does. Uh, John 1, verse 43. the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found, everybody say, found, "Found, Philip and said to him, "Come, follow me." This is always the message of Jesus. He doesn't say, "Hey, come act like this or come be this, you say, hey, follow me, hang out. In fact, just before this, some people are going, hey, dude, or Messiah, or actually it was, no, rabbi, rabbi, where are you from? He goes, come and see. In other words, he says, come and hang out. Yeah. Have a coffee. Let's do life together. And in that, you will not only find out what I'm about, but you're going to find yourself because the atmosphere around me is freedom, and you become what you were designed to be. Oh, come on, somebody. Man, I love that. And so he says he found Philip, and he said, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew, and Peter's hometown. Now, I want to stop on that first verse, verse 43. He found Philip. What did he do? Found Philip. It doesn't say like he stumbled on Philip. Like Philip was hanging there, and he goes, oh, dude, whoa. Yeah. did he expect you to be here. He says he found Philip. Philip, why? Because he was looking for Philip. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is around the world looking for you. The reason you're here, Ephesians 2.10, is you're his masterpiece, created for good works from before you were ever born. You were designed to be alive right now. That yeah, yeah. guy one time goes, you know, man, I'd, I, sh- I should have been born like 200 years ago. It would have been, like, that was the best time. That would have been the best time for me. I'm like, you know, if you were born 200 years ago, you, you wouldn't be you. Come on, come on, philosophers, any philosophers? Because you'd be another guy. You're born today on purpose, on the, at the right time, in the right place, to be alive right now, to expand the kingdom of heaven. He found him. Nothing Jesus did was random. It wasn't like, oh, hey, uh, what's your name, dude? Phil? Yeah, uh. I don't know, I was looking for another guy, but I don't know, whatever, okay. All right, yeah, yeah. you can come along. Right. Wasn't like, oh, uh, oh, bummer, it's just Phil. I was looking for some guy who could, like, change the world. All right, right? right. He, he found Philip, and Philip becomes, as you study his life, becomes a guy who opens doors for other people. It's like brings people along, all right? So this is great. Jesus said, follow me. Why? Because he was on a mission from God to get the world to follow him. Verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we, this is great. This is, we are so people, aren't we? Aren't we people? Turn to somebody and go, we are so people. We are so human. Because who, who found Philip? I don't do trick questions. Jesus. Jesus found Philip. And so Philip finds his brother and goes, dude, we found him. This is awesome. We found him. Like me. Me, I found the Messiah. Like nobody knew where he was, I found him. This is so good. We are so human. We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. And, of course, we we all know about that. Prophetic words about Jesus. His name is Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And like he, he kind of is like he's all fired up, and he goes, "The dude's from Nazareth." And here's what happens next is verse forty six says, "Nazareth says, Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth?" See, here's the, here's the thing. Let's just unpack that for a second. We'll just, we'll just do it this way. And and Philip says, "We have." found him, Moses. Moses. Uh, in the writings of Moses, there's a number of times the theophany, the presence of Christ, shows up, and they say, who are you? And he goes, I am. And what's cool about the book of John is the book of I am's. It's about 18 of them. I am the door. I'm the light. I'm the bread of life. I'm the bright and morning star. All right? And so it's, it's, it all ties together between the first covenant and the second covenant. And then he goes, uh, Nazareth. And because this kind of twists them all of a sudden, it throws him a curveball. Because he, you know, all the prophets they had of, out of the city of David, well, that's Bethlehem. Right? Everybody remember Bethlehem, Christmas time? The whole thing? Guys, wise men, shepherds, all that stuff. If Philip, now here's, here's the thing. If Philip had said, I found this guy, he actually came out of, Bethlehem. would have made sense. But but see, disappointment is always based on expectation. Expectation of what you think or believe will happen is what produces disappointment because it didn't happen. So here you are. You expected to be done with college by now, but you got two more years. Right? You expected, but here you are. So that that expectation has actually produced disappointment, whereas expectation in Christ always produces freedom and acceptance and fulfillment of life. Watch this. So in our world, for you and me, we expect to be here, we end up here, and that place right here is called disappointment, that valley of shadow of death, Psalm 23. That's disappointment. Disappointment. And the degree, the level, how far I am from where I expected to be is the level of disappointment we all go to sleep with every night. Yeah. So when that gap gets larger, that's where, that's where the issue is. And the beauty of following Christ is he's like the bridge between over our disappointment because he says, This is, you weren't designed, because most of our frustration and disappointment is based on action, activity, what we thought we were going to do, and Jesus says, no, I'm not here about you being a human doing, you know, this is an old deal, but hey, it works, but a human being, you are are not about a do, you're about an is, write it down and figure it out later, okay, I'll do the same thing. So, uh, it's about, it's about, it's not about doing, because we always think of our hands as our identity, but our identity is our heart, and out of the identity of our heart comes our hands. Dude, man, this is such good stuff, and I'm glad I got another, I still got another 90 minutes, this is awesome. Okay, so now he's disappointed, which is why so many people miss the birth of Christ, and why so many people miss the presence of Christ. Because they expect some king or a magic wand or some sort of bing thing to happen. And Jesus shows up in the ordinary places, which is what Nazareth was. It was an ordinary place off the beaten path. And he goes, well, what could come from there? Yeah. And the beauty of that is how many times have you and I said that about ourselves? What good could come out of an ordinary person like me? I got nothing. I can't give you anything. I can't be the guy who made the speech. I'm not. I just, I just got me. And Jesus says, and God says to us through the life of Christ, out of the most ordinary place, I bring the atmosphere that will change the world. and That's you. See, you're the atmosphere that's going to change the world in which you live. Okay. Then Philip replies, all right, okay, okay. He goes, come in, see, right? He says, come and see. Can anything good come from Nazareth? He goes, come and see. As they approach Jesus, now here's the genuine son of Israel, man of complete integrity. How do you know me, Nathaniel says. Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip found you which means that God always had his eye on Nathanael and always is, knows where you're at. Fig tree is actually a place where people would gather and discuss philosophy so, and, and like the meaning of life. And so what it really, the picture here is that when Nathanael was looking for his identity, Jesus had spotted him and said, hey, when you come to me, I'll have your identity for you. A man looking for who am I? Why am I here? And then it hits him. See, we don't come to Christ because of a bunch of information and words on paper. We come to Christ not out of information, but the revelation of the Holy Spirit. His presence, who he is. Jesus asked, do you believe this just because I had told you? You'll see greater things than this. Verse 51, then he said, I tell you the truth, you'll see heaven open." Angels going up and down, Son of Man, who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And and we all know you can't buy a stairway to heaven. Okay, That's for all of us. Okay, old people, <laughs> all the old people, you can't buy a stairway to heaven. Bottom line is this. Okay, start the music thing under and okay. Here we go because I got I got to finish. Here's this guy. Uh, pastor and he's speaking his name's Frank Dixon and he's speaking in uh, London in the outside of London and uh, and he's speaking at this conference about late 50s and he and uh, he meets this guy and the guy says he says where'd you come to Christ and he says I came to Christ uh, on George Street in Sydney Australia really yeah he says I was a sailor It was World War II and George Street, if you know, it came from, comes from the rocks, comes from the harbor, and, and the, all the sailors would go up George Street. It's just a bunch of bars and pubs and strip joints and just you know bad places. And and uh, and then mixed in today, if you go there today, it's just a mix: high-end restaurants and everything else all mixed together. So I met a guy. A guy on George Street came out of a doorway, looked at me, handed me a little tract, and said, "Sir, if you died tonight, do you know whether you'd go to heaven or hell?" Do you know Jesus? And the guy says, I didn't know what to say. He said, when I came home to England, he said, I went and found out I became a follower of Christ. Two days later, he meets another man in this same meeting. That guy says, I, I came to Christ the same way. That other guy. Who was it? Some guy on George Street came out, handed me this thing, asked me if I knew whether I'd go to heaven or hell if I died tonight. Wow. Really? So now there's Frank Dixon, his pastor, goes to Melbourne, Australia. He's, he shares about this story. He says, there's a guy somewhere in Sydney. I'm going to try to find him. And a guy in Melbourne says, uh, jumps up, says, I'm one of those guys too. Walking George Street, this tough area. And this man came out, handed me this little tract, said, 'Hey, said, hey, if you die tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven or hell? Do you know Jesus? He really? Yeah. I said, I came back to Melbourne, found a church, got saved. Raising family, got a business, all those stuff. So Frank Dixon then goes to Sydney to try to find this guy. His name is Frank Jenner. Frank Jenner. And uh, when he found him, the man was getting older. And he found the guy, and he said, hey, I heard these stories, and I think you're the guy. And he said, tell me. And Frank says, I got radically, I became a radical follower of Christ out of alcoholism in 1938. He said, I didn't know what to do with that. I just knew I needed to tell somebody. I just needed to say, come on, somebody. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. He said, so I didn't know what to do. I went to this little group. They handed me these tracts. I thought, well, if I, if I did 10 of these a day, I might help somebody. He said, I came up with a little phrase, you know. If you die tonight, do you know if you go to heaven or hell? Do you know Jesus, your Lord and Savior? He said, I've been doing that. Uh, I did that for 26 years, and then my health has stopped. It. He said, 10 people a day, for 26 years. He said, if I had hit eight and I went home, I'd, like, go back out, find two more. 10 people a day, 26 years. And then he turns to Frank Dixon, and he says, excuse me, uh, was that the pastor's name? <laughs> okay. So he goes, he looks at me, he says, and I don't know if anybody ever became a follower of Christ." Because what I did for 26 years saying, come and see. Dixon prayed with him. And uh, Frank Jenner is the man's name. He prayed with him. He says, brother, I've met three people who came to Christ. Says, wow, that's amazing. Dixon started telling that story. He goes to India. He's at a missions conference. The guy who started the conference and has thousands of churches across northern India comes up. Says, that's, that's the guy. That's how I met Christ. I was on George Street this crazy man comes out hands me this stupid thing like I'm like am I if you die tonight you go to heaven or hell I'm asking him like is it am I dying tonight is that tonight if I know then I can give you an answer he says and that's why I came to Christ Dixon keeps telling this story he he meets another guy uh Salvation Army guy's in charge of the Salvation Army. He meets another guy that's a chaplain with the United States Navy that becomes in charge of all the chaplains in the U.S. Navy. And Frank Jenner never knew if anybody ever, 26 years, 10 times a day, every day. If you know, everybody stand with me right now. See, this is our mission. Our mission isn't taking rules and regulations and all kinds of, hey, You gotta act this way or be this thing. You know? It's it's about, hey, come and see. Come and see. Come and hang out. Come and be there. And when, when Nathaniel met Jesus, it changed everything in his life. And then Jesus stuff started happening. Remember what Philip said? Philip said, we have, we found him. Remember that? Well, a little later on, I'm sure there's this little, like, you know how you remember things that people have said to you and you go, okay, I'm not going to hit them right now with it, but I'm going to fix it a little later, right? I'm fix it a little later. So, John 15, 16, here's what it says Jesus comes back. Verse 13, there's no greater love than lay down one's life for one's friends. Verse 14, you're my friends if you do what I command. Verse 15, John chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in slaves. Now you are my what? My friend since I've told you everything. The Father told me. Nothing random, nothing hidden. Everything's open, the atmosphere of freedom. Verse 16. And you didn't choose me. <laughs> this is awesome. I chose you. Like I'm I'm picturing like Philip over here and Jesus kind of looks over and goes, yo. You didn't, you, you didn't find me. Like, I found you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. To go produce lasting fruit, fruit. The Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. See, the beauty of being a follower of Christ in Romans chapter 5, it says that when we were jacked up and we really didn't care about whether there was some sort of Messiah or other thing or whatever, it says Christ died for us. When we, were, when we were like even pushing back on him, his arms were still open. And it says he gave his life for us to be set free. 1 John 1, 9, faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Corinthians, it says when we become a follower of Christ, we are a new creation. It's a fresh start. He's a God of do-overs. Let's pray right now. Everybody watching with us online, right now you can pray with us. Because right now you can, in the next few moments be be moved into an atmosphere of freedom. Whatever's told you you're not good enough, whatever voice in your childhood told you you'll never make it, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. This word sets you free. It is for freedom that you were set free. This glorious word is a word of hope. And right now at home, watching on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are, right now you can pray this prayer with those of us in this room. And you can right now, tip over from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. Move move from bondage to freedom. As we celebrate freedom this weekend, this is your moment right now. Everybody here, raise your hand with me. Right, left, I don't care. Just raise a hand with me. Pray this after me. Dear God, everybody out loud together, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to set me free that when I confess my sin and ask you to forgive me you forgive me so right now here in this place here wherever you are watching online don't repeat that part right now everybody say right now right now here in this place I confess my sin I ask you to forgive me and I thank you that the cross of Jesus means that I now can be free and a new creation so I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in Jesus name and everyone said freedom say freedom freedom come on somebody